Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to How to Handle Conflict. I'm communication and leadership skills expert, Pamela Jett, and this is episode one of a five-episode series designed to help you discover how to manage conflict more effectively. During our five episodes, we'll be discovering what conflict is, why it's normal, how we can prevent conflict from escalating and doing damage to relationships and projects and our reputation, and we'll also discover how we can make better choices during conflict so that we can be better conflict managers ourselves. So I'm delighted you're participating, and in episode number one, we want to talk about what conflict is, as well as some myths surrounding conflict, and bust through some of those myths. And the most prevalent myth that I have discovered that surrounds conflict has to do with thinking that conflict is always bad. As I work with the professionals around the globe and speak at events and do executive coaching, I have learned that most professionals see conflict as something that is counterproductive or that is damaging and dangerous. And I have a different view around conflict. I think the notion that conflict is always bad is a myth we want to bust through. I believe that conflict is inevitable. It's inevitable in every relationship and every situation in which we find ourselves. You will find conflict at work. You will have conflict in your families. You will have conflict functioning in society. We even have internal conflict. Conflict is inevitable. It's natural and it is normal. And it can even be very beneficial. Conflict is natural and normal and inevitable. Combat is optional. I'll share that with you again because I believe it's really powerful. Conflict is inevitable. Combat is optional. So while conflict is going to occur in every situation in which we find ourselves, in every relationship in which we find ourselves, it is inevitable. It does not have to be negative. It does not have to be nasty. It does not have to be combat. Now, why do I believe that conflict is inevitable? It's because this is my understanding of conflict. And as a social scientist, I've spent time paying attention to how I define things. So let's define our terms here. Here's what I believe conflict is. Conflict is any situation in which there are opposing opinions, beliefs, thoughts, positions, ideas, and a choice must be made between them. So it's a situation when there are opposing ideas, opposing solutions, opposing values, opposing beliefs, and a choice must be made between them. Probably the easiest way to think about conflict would be with this example. 
you and your significant other want to go out to dinner and you say you want to go to restaurant A and they say they want to go to restaurant B. You are now in conflict. Now, some of you might be thinking, we're not arguing. Why would we fight about what restaurant to go to? We're not, we're not having a fight. We're not in conflict. That we're, we're not being disagreeable to one another. We, you know, we're being kind. We're being nice. It's not that big of a deal. We'll just pick one. Well, when you do that, when you say, hey, we'll just pick one. We'll just figure out a solution that appeals to us both. Or one of us will compromise. We'll say, we'll go here this time and to your restaurant next time. That's because you are using cooperation or collaboration. You are using a good conflict management strategy. And because it's a low-level situation, the stakes aren't really high in that situation. It's very easy to choose an assertive, appropriate conflict management strategy. But the conflict is still there. We just don't always see it as conflict because we so quickly go to an effective conflict management strategy. But if you want to go to one restaurant and your partner wants to go to another, you're in conflict. But hopefully you have both over the course of your life discovered some tools to manage that low-level conflict assertively, appropriately, and respectfully. When the stakes are high, though, sometimes it's not quite so easy to choose an assertive, respectful, appropriate way of dealing with the conflict. When the stakes are high, many of us resort to ineffective or dysfunctional ways of managing the conflict. And often these are strategies that we learned in our childhood or were modeled for us in our childhood. One of the reasons why many of us don't have great conflict managing strategies for situations when the stakes are high, when there's more at stake than just where we're going to dinner. Maybe it's around child rearing. That would be a higher stakes issue. Or maybe it's a situation in the workplace where there are a lot of stakeholders involved, a lot of money is involved, and it uh, is going to really impact the future of the business. If you've never seen leaders model managing that kind of conflict in a respectful, assertive, appropriate fashion, it's very difficult to engage in those kinds of strategies yourself, which is why I'm thrilled that you are participating in this podcast and listening to this podcast, because this podcast is designed to give you some tools so that regardless of your previous experiences, you will be able to disagree without being disagreeable. You'll be able to engage in confrontation without being combative, even when the stakes are high. Because as I mentioned, for a lot of us, when the stakes are really low, it's pretty easy to choose an effective conflict management strategy. But we might choose a dysfunctional strategy even when the stakes are low because we don't know any better. A lot of us, when the stakes are high, we will choose, though, one of the following options. We, we often choose one of the following options, which is fight or flight. Some of us will do that when the stakes are low as well, fight or flight. Because for some people, even any little piece of conflict, they make a major conflict and they might choose a fight strategy or a flight strategy. And I'm confident everyone is familiar with the difference between fight or flight. But in the sense of conflict, there are strategies that are very fight oriented strategies. Those are strategies where you as a person involved in this conflict sees every situation as a situation where somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And 
in order to make sure that you win, you make sure the other person loses. And that's where you become aggressive or disrespectful, manipulative, uh, become a bully. And it happens to all of us. We all will engage in some of these dysfunctional strategies. So we might become very aggressive. We might use foul or colorful language. We might get right in other people's faces. We might increase our volume or become very disrespectful of the other person. We're using more aggressive conflict management strategies. Some of us, though, we will have a completely opposite response to a higher stakes conflict because we don't have the assertiveness strategies. We might go to the flight strategies. Those are the avoidance strategies. Those are the ignore problems and hope that they go away type of strategies. That's the caving in and letting someone else have their way, which is different than compromise. It's caving in is very much, okay, you're all, you're upset. Okay, fine. We'll just do what you want to do. Like, okay. And it's a fear-based choice. Whereas collaboration and cooperation, those are not fear-based choices. Those are choices based in confidence, but flight is a fear-based and believe it or not. So is fight. Fight is also a fear-based choice. So that's what happens when you get afraid We either fight or flight. Some people are going to use more combative strategies because they are afraid of what will happen if they lose. They're afraid of losing face. They're afraid of making a mistake. They're afraid of looking foolish. So those kinds of strategies are still fear-based. I wanted to make sure that we as a group understand though that conflict itself is natural. It's normal. It's neutral. It's not necessarily good or bad, but how we manage it, how we handle it, can make a tremendous difference in the health of relationships. It can make a tremendous difference in our success, in our career paths, and it can make a tremendous difference in our organization's success. If you are in a leadership role, it is absolutely vital that you discover how to manage conflict assertively, appropriately, respectfully, because like I said, it's inevitable that you discover how to manage it because people are watching you. They're paying attention to you. They are taking their cues and their clues from you about how they ought to be managing conflict. Same thing if you're a parent or if you are setting an example for young people in your home. I was raised in a home where my parents had the mindset that you should never fight in front of the children. I mean, never. By the way, it's not that we didn't know they were having conflict. You can feel it feel it in the air and we go to bed and you could hear the raised voices and so forth. So what that created for me was a lot of anxiety around conflict. I never saw it modeled in a loving, healthy way. They never had conflict, never had a disagreement in front of their children. Now, here's what I will say. Not every disagreement is appropriate to have in front of children. By all means, I'm not saying fight in front of your kids. I don't mean it that way. But your children will never learn that conflict is part of a healthy relationship unless they actually see you handle it in a healthy fashion. So whether you are in a leadership role in your home, a leadership role in the workplace, the ability to effectively and assertively and appropriately and respectfully handle conflict is an incredibly important skill. Because here's what's happening when we don't manage conflict. Unresolved conflict and inappropriately managed conflict can kill morale in the workplace. 
So if you have more of a flight mentality when it comes to conflict, if you cave in, if you let other people have their way, you avoid problems, you ignore problems, hope they go away, stick your head in the sand, that uh, the conflict still is there. And there's that energy, that vibe of unresolved conflict. And it can often be devastating to morale. People will think, well, isn't anything worth getting emotional about or isn't anything worth standing up for? Aren't you going to call that person out on their inappropriate behavior and stand up to them in an appropriate way, of course? Or are you just going to let them bully everyone? It will really hurt morale. In fact, there's a ton of research that says that in organizations where conflict is ignored and it's not handled in a healthy fashion, there are a lot of silos that go on, meaning that people only trust their own small core group. Low productivity runs rampant. There is a lot of turnover. There's a lot of disengagement, both passive disengagement and active disengagement. And then we also know the same things happen when conflict is handled aggressively, when it's not the flight approach, it's the fight approach, where people don't feel safe. Psychological safety is one of the biggest factors in terms of problem solving, teamwork. And if people don't feel psychologically safe, if they're afraid to speak up because they're afraid somebody's going to yell at them or uh, cram their opinion, if it's a counter opinion, down their throat, uh, people will shut up. And they won't speak their mind. And this is problematic because if you're in a workplace and someone says, I have a solution to the problem and no one is able to voice a dissenting opinion. If they have one, they don't voice it either because they're afraid or because they are avoiding the problem. If people don't voice that counter opinion or that dissenting opinion, then that first solution that is issued turns out to be the only solution, but not necessarily the best solution. There's also what's known as the hippo effect, and that's the highest paid person's opinion. Sometimes in organizations where conflict isn't seen as a natural, inevitable, and even important part of problem solving and team building, there's a lot of the hippo that goes on. So the highest paid person or the person with the most authority in the room speaks their mind and nobody will stand up to it. And so not only do solutions get put, for, put forward that haven't necessarily been vetted or improved upon, the person who is the highest paid person, they never have the opportunity to have a mirror put up to them where they can see um, their own strengths or weaknesses, where they can be confronted with their own blind spots. And that can happen in personal relationships as well. If you are in a relationship where no one will ever tell you that they see things differently, you become very myopic and you think the world really is exactly the way you see it, that everybody sees things the way that you do and how devastating that is in terms of self-awareness and self-growth. So the ability to effectively handle conflict is a very important ability, both personally and professionally, because when conflict is managed well on a personal front, that's when connection thrives. That's where people feel safe, respected, trusted, and that's where they're allowed to grow and develop in the relationship with someone else, whether it's in an intimate relationship, a friendship, a casual friendship, or it's in a business relationship. Careers can stall if you don't know how to engage in conflict effectively. Or organizations will not survive because people are ignoring conflict. 
So in this episode of our five-episode series, we talked about why conflict is inevitable. Remember, anytime there are two opposing viewpoints, ideas, positions, you've got conflict. But it's how you manage that conflict that makes all the difference. So conflict is inevitable. Combat is optional. Being disagreeable, that's optional. And the focus of our upcoming four episodes will be about the roots of conflict and why sometimes conflict can escalate, how we can choose different approaches during conflict to get better outcomes, how we can stay calm ourselves when conflict happens, and then some great communication strategies to help us more effectively communicate through conflict. I'm communication and leadership skills expert, Pamela Jett. This has been episode number one of How to Handle Conflict. If you'd like to find out more about me and the communication and leadership strategies that I share, you can find me at Pamela Jett, P-A-M-E-L-A-J-E-T-T dot com. That's PamelaJett.com. And stay tuned for episode number two. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.